It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the pre-draft edition. It's the final Locked on Bengals podcast before round one of the NFL draft. I'm James Erpine. A lot to get to. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals right now. LockedOnBengals.com. Mock Draft 5.0. And it's the Dreams Do Come True edition. Please check it out. There's a good quote in there from Dave Lapham. The scenario that I have playing out, I ran by him. There's a link to that as well. And, man, oh, man. It's almost here. As uh, we record this, it's 5.30 Eastern time on Wednesday and a lot to discuss a lot to talk about and to do that Joe Goodberry of The Athletic is with us he's on Twitter at Joe Goodberry he's cranking out all sorts of stuff superheroes draft prospects big board a ton of stuff for The Athletic Joe how tired are you right now as we are at 26 hours away 26 hours and change away from the draft you know what it's like it's like 3 a.m. and you're still partying so you're having a good time you're still fired up, but you, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm ready for the final song and the final dance so that we can end this and find <laughs> out who the Bengals are taking. Man, if you don't get out of here, when's the last time you were up till 3 a.m. partying? Hmm. <laughs> My wedding? Wedding yeah, night? I was going to say, man, get out of here. I would have laughed if you said, like, last weekend, you know, and I would have oh. been like, whoa. So. I can barely find a babysitter to go to the movies. <laughs> Did you do that? Big movie coming out. Did you do that for I, I do Infinity War? So I I have to block all of my... Uh, I finally used all the muted words on Twitter function and muted everything I could possibly do that had to do with Avengers, Marvel, Infinity War, all that, and because uh, we're seeing it on Sunday. Okay, so I'll be sure when you join me Friday to recap whatever the Bengals do tomorrow night, I'll be sure to spoil it. You're not going to see it. You've got to, you have too much going on Thursday night. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's dive into Thursday night because there's a ton. By the way, if you're in the Cincinnati area, join me in Northern Kentucky, Dickman's. I'll be there around 8 o'clock, 8.30 at the latest, till midnight, talking all things draft. Hopefully, we'll draft uh, the Bengals' first-round draft pick, uh, or draft. We'll interview the Bengals' first-round draft pick. I've been saying draft so much, Joe. Let's, uh, let's dive into it. And Obviously, it's no secret. Uh, Dave Lapham is the the guy when it comes to predicting who the Bengals draft. We had him on early, uh, earlier this week, podcast-wise. I was surprised throughout this process how high he was, the Bengals were, on Billy Price. And I want to get to him in a second, but he projects, he predicts that the Bengals go with Frank Ragnow, the Arkansas center. We've talked about him a lot. What are your thoughts on, on Frank? Yeah, we have talked about him a lot. I think on air and off air too. You know, you and I have uh, discussed him uh, for about a month, and I really, really, really Frank like Frank right now. Um, not only is he productive, uh, and even if you look at just like Pro Football Focus, they've got you know that's a nice wrap up for an offensive lineman to. Cause you're not really going to get stats, but uh, 
they're high on him. He they say he he's right up there with Quentin Nelson in terms of production on the offensive line. Uh, the tape is great. Uh, he, he he's athletic. He's long. He's the best second-level blocker in the draft, and one of the best I've ever seen. And what I mean is he, he gets on these linebackers off of combo blocks and he releases to the second level, gets on these linebackers, and he eliminates middle linebackers from the game. Um, and you can put on, like, Ole Miss from 2016, I think it is, and he maybe hits 15, 18, 20 of them in a game. I don't think the Bengals get that in the last four years with Russell Bodine. So uh, I would love the pick. I, I think major need good player, the value meets the need at 21, elite centers, elite center prospects get drafted late first round. They don't go higher than that. That's what it is. After after pick 20 is where they get picked. And uh, so the Bengals could start the run. I think there's three really good centers in this class. And if they go with Ragnow at 21, I think it is an A-plus start to this draft. I'm with you. And here's the thing, because I, I think it's – Mike McGlinchey is their board, and, and you have your board. I don't want to give it away. I'm probably going to name – well, I know I'm going to name some of the players on it, but you should check it out. You did all all the picks, right, for the Athletic, every 250-something players? I did 165. 165, okay. I, I knew it was a lot. I, teams, yeah, and I did it because if you look at a team's board, they don't have like 270 guys on board, even though that's how many will be drafted. Um, teams will often and, – and I've heard like the Patriots will have – 80 guys on a board, and that's it. Just guys you think are going to be good. And, then, and, and guys you talk to, players you feel good about. For me, I, I based it on interest the Bengals have expressed in players. And I started there, whether it was workouts, pre-draft visits, top 30 visits, uh, showing up at their pro day in a, in a big way. Um, I started the list with that and then added some guys that I had rumors with and hints from and ordered them the way I think they should be ordered and how I think the Bengals would look at it also. So it was a mix of all that, and it's all seven rounds. Yeah, so check that out. Really good stuff from Joe. And that's th- there's a, a lot there. And, and I know here's the narrative, because I think there's a chance Ragno goes top 20. I think he goes before the Bengals pick. I think a guy like Mike McGlinchey could go before the Bengals pick. Both guys... I think that they would take at 21. Derwin James, a guy that's been mentioned, could fall. I would love it. I don't think he's going to be there at 21. Who knows? This is a really weird draft. So with that said, I think the Bengals, even though some of us would say, oh, trade up, try to get McGlinchey, or trade up and try to get Ragnow. Instead of that, I think they'd be willing to stand pat, get Billy Price. Dave Lapham thinks they're really high on Billy Price. Paul Daner Jr. of the Enquirer mocked them Billy Price. I had Jim Osarski on the podcast yesterday, and he thinks uh, he, he thought Billy Price was number one on their list at, at one point. So they're high on Price. You're not as high on Price. You're not the only draft analyst I've talked to that isn't as high on Billy Price. Give our listeners an idea. Refresh them on your thoughts on Price, and if that is the pick tomorrow, what your reaction will be. Um. And like those guys that have good information that the team likes Price, I also believe that the team likes Price. No doubt. And, um, you know, so you, you get caught between, well, I trust the team to make a pick because they are the team. At the same time, you trust yourself and what you see. And like I said before on Ragnow, and I believe this with Daniels, the elite center prospects go in that 20 to 32 range. I think the really good center prospects, and this is Billy Price, I do think he is really good. 
Uh, they go usually in that second round range, and and I think that's where Billy Price should go. Uh, why isn't he like those two? You may ask. It's athleticism and length, really. It's and which can constitute upside because with the length and athleticism you get with Daniels and Ragnall, you can run anything. The zone stuff where you need athletes and length, really. Um, pass protection it helps to have both of that, obviously. That's not really Price's game, and that's okay. He's a different type of player. If you were running a man-gap power scheme on the offensive line, and the Bengals aren't going to unless they're going to do completely something different than what Laser and Frank Pollock have done in the past, um, they're going to run a zone scheme. If you're going to run a man-gap power scheme, you want Billy Price, I think, and you want him because his lower half is extremely strong. He's a strong, powerful dude, um, wrestler-type guy that wants to get in, get in tight, bring these defensive tackles in and just beat them in the submission. All good stuff, right? There's times where he can't reach that guy, or there's times where he can't climb to the second level and get to that linebacker. There's times where in pass protection, uh, he doesn't move as well laterally, and a quicker pass rusher or a longer pass rusher will give him issues and troubles. Um, I think he's the worst pass protector of the top three. Uh, I think the type of player he is, even though he's on the good scale of a power center, he's on the scale with how Russell Bodine was. And I'm not saying Russell Bodine. What I'm saying is you're going to have same strengths and weaknesses in terms of a tough guy, leader, calling plays, smart guy, durable, reliable, even though he's injured right now, power, strong hands, strong lower body, but it's going to struggle in the ways that really affect the team in a, in a positive way. He's not going to hurt the team, Billy Bryce. He's going to limit them from things they could potentially do. And for me, at pick 21, if it's Billy Price, I would see it as a wasted opportunity to not only get better, and they would get better drastically by replacing Bodine with Billy Price. It'd be in terms of getting better and more dynamic offensively as a whole, as a unit. Um, So that's how I feel. I I do think he's going to be a good starting center maybe for 10 years in this league. He may even be a really good starting guard. and that's a dilemma I think some teams have also. Maybe you take Price and maybe Mason Cole or somebody's still there in the third round and they still take him and figure it out later. I think that could happen. Uh, but I understand why they would like him. I just think 21 is uh, ruining a chance when you used to have the 12th pick. I guess I kind of still hold that, that I want to get an elite prospect or someone as close to that as possible. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? 
No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with my bookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell EMC. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. He's Joe Goodberry on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. This is our final podcast before the first round of the NFL draft in Joe, yeah, it's to to me it would be safe. It would be a guy certainly that they vetted out. It's a, a player had an injury. Uh, I saw a doctor's note uh, today. Adam Schefter tweeted it out. It seems like he's going to be all set for training camp. Out of the three, Daniels, Price, Ragno, and it sounds like it's between Price and Ragno if both are there for the Bengals. Who's the most NFL ready? Because I'll be honest, and and I think a lot of fans feel this way. They want a guy who can contribute now. Uh, Lamar Jackson's been in the news a lot here in Cincinnati, and it's, oh, should they take him? Should they not take him? And a lot of people that say no, they say no because they want the first-round pick to contribute now, help the team now, and get back to the playoffs. Out of those three guys, is it is it still 
the way you rank them, Ragno, Daniels, and then Price, or is it a different order as far as NFL ready help you in 2018? All three are coming from big programs with good offensive line coaches that have produced good offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, there's nothing that you're going to have to really retool with these guys uh, from an offensive line standpoint. I think that's big, and that's something the Bengals want. They're All three are plug-and-play starters, day one. Uh, James Daniels may be 20 years old, but he started more games at center than any of them. And then, then right now, he started James Daniels, I want to say, 25 games at center, maybe 23. Um, Price is 14. Right now, it's 18 games at center. So he's got almost double experience on Price. I'm speaking of Daniels. If, if you want a starting center. Now, Price has played 55 games total, where that's obviously more than the other guys, and he's shown to be durable and healthy, although he is injured now. Uh, so I could see them using that as an example of, of quality, uh, and they, they use that a lot with guys like Russell Bodine, obviously, where he never missed the start. They truly valued that, um, and I, I think in terms of readiness, it's hard to say that one guy is better than the other. I think the most well-rounded who has played a good chunk of games for me, I still would rank it Frank Ragnow number one because he's played in an NFL system by a uh, highly respected O-line coach and offensive coach in, 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 at Arkansas, and that has produced a lot of guys, former Wisconsin offensive lineman, Kevin Zietler, coached by the same person, Travis Frederick, coached by the same person. If you, if you're like, this is a uh, NFL-producing offensive lineman machine. Frank Ragnow's ready to play right now. James Daniels, oh, Iowa offensive lineman, usually smaller guys, quicker guys. Daniels quicker, but he's not small. Um, they produce NFL offensive linemen. Ohio State, obviously, big school, produces NFL players all across their team. I think they're all ready to play right now. Joe, let's uh, – because to me, what are the odds? In my eyes, it's – it really, it's that order. There's four guys. I think they're going to take one of these four, and I, I pretty much guarantee one of them is going to be there. But it's Derwin James, probably not going to be there. Mike McGlinchey, probably not going to be there. And then it's Ragnell Price. It's going to be one of those four, right? Is there anyone else that you see that could squeak in? I know one of those guys is going to be available. Uh, I've just done the math multiple times, but can anyone else squeak in? I wonder where they have Vita Vea, and I don't think he'll squeak there. Um, I think the Redskins are high. I think the Chargers and the Cowboys are high in him. I don't think he gets there. So that's the same way I feel about Derwin. So I don't know if I, you know, so if they're going to list Derwin, I would would wonder where they have Vea. But having said that, no, I do agree. Based on more information, it doesn't sound like um, it will get to Daniels. It sounds like it would be Ragnar or Price. And uh, that's a little bit of a bummer today because I honestly believe in two years, Daniels could be the best center of this class. And, uh, you know, if the Bengals pick the first center and they pick Ragnar, I think that's a good move. I think if someone jumps ahead of them because they're so transparent and gets Ragnar ahead of them, um, it would be a bit disheartening that they go price at 21. Now, if they trade back and find a way to still get price or trade back and get Daniels later in the first, then I can see it, and I can see adding the extra value. Um, but, yeah, I say I would say those are the four options, and I expect at least one to be there because I do expect price to be there. I don't see a way anyone gets them, uh, takes them in front of the Bengals. Yeah, I agree. I think one's going to be there, and I don't know. I, I and I'll, Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think that's probably why we see a lot of the beat writers mocking Price to the Bengals, um, because that's the only one I would say I would guarantee is going to be there. And if we know if they like him, then sure, mock him Billy Price. Yeah, it's fair, and it's I think it's realistic. It's probably the most likely 
of the the three because I could see Ragnar going early. Obviously, McGlinchey early. Poten- potentially, I'm hearing. I was listening to Peter King's podcast today. He had McGlinchey's ceiling. I think Albert Breer was on, and he said this. He said as high as nine. And yeah, I was on with Mo Egger. I said nine to the to the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, and it, to me, I don't know, man. I because I would have been bummed if they didn't have Cordy Glenn, and they just picked McGlinchey at twelve. I would have been bummed with that. Like I would have been like, ah, oh, really. We're just taking a tackle because that's the need, and we don't know if he can seriously play left tackle. The reason I like McGlinchey is because he could come in, play right tackle, you have your left tackle, and you totally revamp your line. McGlinchey can be part of the solution, not the solution. That's why I love the idea of him at 21. Not a fan of him that early. I I wouldn't like the pick for really most of those teams. Top 10, there's a lot of good players. Raquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, one of those guys is going to be there at 9. The weirdest thing in this draft is that the centers and guards are a great group. I honestly think you're going to get starting center and starting guards in the third, maybe even fourth round this year. Uh, I think it's it's a very, very good group and deep group. And because of it, you hear reports and rumors, and honestly looking at Mox and the feelings you get, is that teams are going to wait a little bit on centers and guards. Maybe not centers, as we see that everyone's at once we thought they'd all be there at 46. Now we don't know if any of them will be there. But – the guards definitely could drop. I could see Will Hernandez in the second round. I could see Isaiah win. I think, uh, what mark was it today? Tony Pauline had him going 45, one pick before the Bengals. Um, that would be a bummer. I would want to trade up for Isaiah win at that spot. But if the guards are dropping because it's such a good class, yet the tackles are all getting pushed up. McGlinchey is a fair prospect. He's good. He should go in a normal draft between 12 and 25, and I think that's perfectly fine for him. Uh, I think if you're a team that's at seven, eight, nine, ten, and you're thinking of taking them, um, it's because you don't think there's another starting tackle in this class. Even if it's Colton Miller, he's got the athleticism on the upside. He's going to need work before you're ready to start him on, on week one. And even Colton Miller now is getting pushed up. They're saying top 20, top 25. That's rich. Uh, it's odd that these guys are getting pushed up. I don't want the Bengals to be in a situation at 46 where they feel they need to find a starting tackle and they're reaching for a third-round prospect like a Brian O'Neill from Pitt or a Martinez Rankin from, from Mississippi or uh, it, I don't think Colton Miller is going to be there, but you know he should be in that range. And that's why I feel more comfortable taking a Miller. But I don't want that situation to arise. So could you imagine a Billy Price and then a – for me, I have like O'Neill and Rankin as a third-round guy, and they go that at 46. I think that would be <laughs> – reaching for your needs very hard. And those are the drafts that have gotten them in trouble in past years. You're right. And that's, and they stand out like a sore thumb, like in hindsight, looking back. And I could see that. I could see price. I could see some safety. I I would love the idea. I remember you, you mocked Justin Reed from Stanford. What what do you think about him at 46? If he's there, are there any other safeties you consider at 46? Because I think if they get their center, no matter who it is at 21, the most likely scenario is they go defense, whether it's safety, defensive yeah. tackle, maybe even a linebacker. Yeah, I gave them a defensive end in mind. Uh, I saw you gave them a safety in the third round, and that's who I originally was going to mock at 46. But when I saw you did it, James, I said, ah, oh, you know what, that's all right. I, I know they like another guy. I'll give them that. And uh, so I switched it up. But I think Eric Reed, the Steelers like him, and they could take him in the first round. It's not, I think his range may be in that, 35 to 50. Justin area. Reed, Justin and, Reed. Yes, did I say Eric? Yeah, you did. It's okay, though. There's a lot of reads. That's understandable, right? Yeah. All right, so Justin Reed, Steelers like him, could take him in the first round. I think his range is in that area where the Bengals pick. 
I would like it if he was if he was if he was the pick. I think he for me I rank him over Billy Price in terms of if I had a board that just ranked the prospects evenly regardless of position, I would have Justin Reed as a first rounder. And um I think what he could offer would be fantastic for that secondary. It would allow you to fix linebacker a little bit if you're going to bring Sean Williams down and play some linebacker. If Darquez Denard leaves in a year, Justin Reed can slide in and cover the slot too. Uh, I would really like him. I also think they brought in Rodney Harrison from Alabama, and I'm saying Rodney Harrison, not Rodney, yeah. the, the Hall of Famer. Right? <laughs> and, um, and that's a key sign for their first and second round targets usually are the visits. And Rodney Harrison, I think, played a lot of free safety for Alabama, even though he's got some strong safety size about 215. Uh, he didn't run. I don't want to. I want to say he didn't run at his pro day, so he never got speed. And I think that's why he he's not considered a first rounder. Um, and I was going to say, oh, and it, say you're taking a free safety type, and again, it would allow you to move someone else, and maybe it's a Sean Williams down. But I also do think a defensive tackle, a linebacker, there's a huge gap. I don't think linebacker is ever going to fall to 46. That I say is the best player available because. There's a big gap between Rashawn Evans if he's your fourth guy to maybe Malik Jackson or Malik Jefferson. I'm sorry, uh, in the third round, maybe late second. So I don't think there's a chance that linebacker is a pick at, at 46. Uh, but I do see defensive end, defensive tackle, or safety. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And, and Harrison, here's the thing: I keep hearing about how deep safety is. Right, safety is pretty deep. I would say there's probably ten safeties. Oh, it's very deep, yeah. Yeah, so if guards are going to fall because it's deep, if some of these different position groups are going to fall because it's deep, why would I not assume? I think one of those guys, whether it's Reed maybe falling to 46, and I know it seems kind of crazy, or Harrison falling to 77, or another guy that they're really high on falling to pick 100, I could see... Jesse Bates, Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen that, yeah. So I think that's the sweet spot where the value will match someone falling, the talent, and what they're looking for at a safety. I gave him a safety in the in the third round, pick 100. Um, Dane Crookshank from Arizona. He's a guy who played a lot of corner, uh, tested fantastically, like 90th percentile type uh, testing. Um, they gave him some attention at his pro day. Uh, I think that could be, again, I think Dane Crookshank's a top 75 type prospect and yeah it might push these safeties down a little bit where you're getting value so the longer they can wait on that i think would produce the most value there's a lot of guys i think in the third fourth fifth round whether that's armani um watts uh deshaun elliott uh Traveris moore who's a small school guy there's a lot of guys in, in that could end up being starters from those mid rounds at safety so I, I think the Bengals could afford to wait if they choose yeah it's it's going to be interesting i i think is there a guy, a player that you love mid-rounds, no one's heard of. We haven't done this in a while. We've been so wrapped up in Lamar and what they're going to do at 21. If Joe Goodberry gets control of the draft room, let's say late day two, early day three, and you can go after a a prospect or multiple prospects with one of those fifth-round picks or multiple fifth-round picks or even as high as pick uh, 100 or pick 112, in that range – who are you going to to battle for to get on this Bengals team, knowing their needs, knowing what could fit with them, and knowing what you've seen on film from these players? There's a lot of guys, honestly. Uh, in the you know the hard part is without having a sixth round pick, 
I've kind of pushed guys up in that fourth, fifth round range that I would have interest in in the sixth round. And really, like, anyone – sixth and seventh – because the draft is really, like, five rounds. Sixth and seventh is for, like, priority guys that you think may be free agents or undrafted that you want to take and not let it open market. So a lot of times you – the fourth round range is a weird thing because you've got a lot of guys that are dropping that you still like that are high on your board, and then you still are have an eye on the next that next grouping that – you think of as mid or late round guys that you don't want to miss out on if they do do go undrafted. So for me, um, there's a lot of receivers. I love the middle middle round range. One guy I really like, and I don't. You said for someone that I don't know if anyone's heard of. I think he's more of a fifth rounder. Maybe he ends up going in the in then goes on to six. Maybe he's still there in the seventh. Richie James from Middle Tennessee. Uh, he's five eight, one eighty. Quick, lightning fast, caught 200 passes his first two years at Middle Tennessee. Uh, they use him to run the ball a lot. It looks like Andrew Hawkins to me. Uh, he's got some punt return ability. Sounds good to me already. Uh, yeah, it, they they could use a run after the catch guy, a guy you can throw some screens to, a guy that can help on special teams, especially the return game. Uh, I mocked him to them. I think that'd be a, a, a really fun pick. But closer up, maybe a Colby Gosset, who's a guard from Appalachian State. Now, if they don't address, center, or even if they dress a center, but if they don't address guard early, I think fourth round range for Gosset, he's a good athlete, tall guy, um, he's got the length, he needs some development still, he still needs some technique work coming from Appalachian State, You're gonna, that's, that's normal, uh, to really maximize his power. I think he's a guy that could compete for the starting right guard job in 2019, and uh, I think that's where you end up getting value guys. I mocked to them in the fourth round, Toby Weathersby out of LSU. Um, he declared early as a junior, but he's played right tackle basically all three years, most of the three years. The Bengals need a right tackle. They usually like those power guys, so, and he's got some athleticism too. Uh, he's still developing, definitely. But that's a guy, again, I think if they take center at 21, they'll probably come back and draft a couple more offensive linemen. But I don't know if it's going to be guys that are going to start right away. Maybe they get an Orlando Brown in the third round, and he, they say, okay, we like you more than this, uh, we're going to start you. But I think it's more likely they get developmental guards and tackles to compete for those spots. If it's not this year, it's next year. And I think that secures you for the future. And I like Toby Weathersby a lot. Um, one other guy that, that I think has upside, I'm not sure where he's going to go, though. I've seen him mocked as high as second round. I think his tape looks like sixth or seventh round. It's P.J. Hall from Sam Houston State. He measured and tested, and his production, based on statistics, insane. I mean, like 80 tackles for a loss type stuff over the last two years, two and a half years. Um, It tested measurably like Geno Atkins, where elite prospect type athletically. But the tape, he gets beat up a lot, and he, he gets pushed out of there. A lot of times he's not playing with any technique. I think it's North Dakota State game is terrible and it makes you wonder what he really is but there's some games he plays where he just is knifing through the backfield consistently and constantly and you wonder coming from sam houston state maybe he just needs to be coached up maybe he just needs an nfl program nfl coaching maybe you unlock that potential in him uh if he's not there if he doesn't go in the second round like i think people are getting over excited with him and he's a third fourth round pick the Bengals, i think need a backup three tech someone that can not only learn from atkins potentially replace him in a couple of years uh, or work with him in nickel. I think a PJ Hall would be an interesting player. Yeah, there you go. I, I looked him up, and Lance, Lance Zerline said uh, his NFL comparison was Grady Jarrett. Do you agree with that? Grady Jarrett is my man. Um, I know. <laughs> I had a first round grade on Grady Jarrett, and they took, 
They took Marcus Hardison that year, so you're giving me flashbacks of horror. I don't think he's that. He doesn't look like that now. Uh, if you want to say potential-wise, that's fine, but he's definitely not that now. And Grady Jarrett went in the fifth round. Yeah, and that, that's it'll be interesting. And that's that's I think the Bengals are in position with all of these mid-round pick. I mean, three fifth-rounders and uh, to to get some good players. I, I do want to run a couple players by you real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you go. By the way, I have in my mock draft here at uh, LockedOnBengals.com, I have the Bengals trading up. And here's the thing, Joe. They, as far as trading up goes, they're in position. I was just looking at the comp picks. They're going to have a bunch of sixth-rounders next year. They're in line to have, Mm -hmm. like, multiple. Why not use your sixth-rounder, your fifth-rounder, whatever, to move up if you can in this draft, if you need to secure on the back end of, of, well, not round one, but at at the front of day two to get a Billy Price or to do that. Like, they have the ammo to do it this year. They could also use picks next year because they got more coming compensatory-wise. I think they're in position to trade up. I would be – and you've heard rumors before, whether it was the Eric Reed year. I think that's when they took Carlos Dunlap. Um, a couple other years where they second round seemed like the time they got interested because they had a high first-round grade on a couple guys that were still there. I think they're in position this year. And normally a second-rounder, they traded back last year. What did they get from the Vikings? A fourth? I want to say. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, and that was the mix-in, and they took Cook. Uh, that like A trade like that, that makes sense. And you it was like seven rounders? spots. Yeah, seven spots. Exactly, and that may get you Isaiah Wynn. That may get you Billy Price at the top of the second. It's a lot of guys that could still be there. We'll reset the board after day one. We'll talk Justin about Reed? Right. I would for sure give up a fourth-rounder to go get that, especially with three fifth-round picks. Because if you want to move up again and secure a fourth-rounder, because look at who the Bengals got last year in the fourth. Those are valuable picks. But at the same time, you have these late picks. I don't think 11 rookies are making this team. If they do, that means they have a bad team. So you, you, you package some up, you go up, you get the guys that you think are first-round graded guys. All right, I'm going to run some players by you. And we'll, we'll talk Friday to kind of reset things like you said. We already talked about Justin Reed. I think um, in rounds two on – just some names. Uh, give me a couple sentences on each. Hayden Hurst. I've heard the Bengals would be interested in the tight end from South Carolina if he falls to 46. Uh, you like that? Not like it? Uh, what do you think about Hurst? I hope he doesn't fall then to 46. Uh, it's not that he's bad. This is a bad, tackle class. This is a bad tight end class. I'm um, so we're moving guys up again. Bad classes, let's move guys up, right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but that's what happens. Oh, God. Hayden Hurst has been mocked as high as, I want to say, Seattle uh, and um, Baltimore. Yeah, so I want him going top 20. Like, go yeah. top 20. Yes, absolutely. Yes, go top 20. He's 25 years old, doesn't really have a standout trait, but he's the most well-rounded guy of the of the top guys. I, I don't have interest. Arden Key. Jeez. Um and again, that's someone they've spent a lot of time with to to get a to get a handle on. I think uh, he would be a late day two, maybe pick one hundred, maybe yeah, if he falls to him, pick one twelve. On the on the board I have for the athletic, he's my number one in third round for the Bengals, and I think that's that makes sense for them, uh, and probably where they would have him. I think as a target. Uh, again, he's a guy who was like two hundred thirty six pounds. 265 pounds, ranged in between there. I don't know what he played at at times. He's gotten in trouble before. Uh, he's left the team, I want to say, in, in past years. He's a guy teams have to figure out who he is, what he is, and what's going on with him. Uh, because his upside flashes are there, and you say he may have been a top 50, 45 pick, maybe even a first-rounder at, 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 on the high point. 
The LSU defensive ends um, are coached weird, and they play run first, basically. That's a guy, how a guy like Daniel Hunter has had so much success in the NFL, and people slept on him, me included, in the draft process, is because they don't often put up a lot of production, but they could be much better players than the pros. Uh, key, I guess, for me, um, I don't have interest unless it's in the third round. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I think that that's a guy. And then one more, and I don't think he will even be on the Bengals' board, potentially because of, of yesterday and what happened. He tested positive for yeah. marijuana. But but I thought maybe Callaway from Florida, the little speedy wide receiver, I thought maybe with one of those fifth-round picks, it, it, it just screamed Bengals. Uh, it, it doesn't now to me because they pass on guys that aren't going to – uh, if you're failing drug tests at the Combine, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong with this, but the Bengals haven't drafted a lot of those guys. I know a couple years ago Dallas ended up with the pass rusher, the defensive end. I forget his name. Randy Gregory. Gregory, yeah. And the Bengals didn't even consider him because of that because they thought he was a weed head. Uh, your thoughts? Is it Antonio Callaway, your thoughts on him? It is Antonio Callaway, and um, I thought they had interest also. I would say – Every team is still going to have some interest because he may have been the best receiver in this draft, and he may uh, or could have been had he continued to develop, uh, I think at least a top 40 pick in, in the draft. He could end up like Tariq Hill being a seventh-round pick, and he has a fantastic rookie year, fantastic career if he gets his life together. Um, his rap sheet's very long. I don't think he could scrap it at all. I think someone's going to sign him and say, you know, Hope for the best. We know you're talented. Let's see what happens. And, you know, if guys, it's not a drug test at the combine. You know what it is? It's an intelligence test. It's a self-control test, and he failed it, and that's not what you want. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think here's the thing, though. If I'm the Bengals and you're interested in him as an undrafted free agent and you think he is that talented like you just said, use if he's there in the seventh round, use the seventh round pick. That's why you have three of them. And yep. if like the the top undrafted guys they've had, and Dave Lapham said this, I'm I'm paraphrasing his his words, but I believe it. Why compete and try to compete with contracts and signing bonuses when you can just draft them? That's that's very true for the Bengals too. They don't want to compete for signing bad guys at all. <laughs> as we see as we see in free agency. I still have Cavalier on my Bengals board as a late round target, and that's for that reason. He's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. So much uh, that he's done for the athletics. So check that out. Subscribe. Right now, I was looking today at 30% off right now if you do it, subscribing today. 40. 40%. See, you got to do it. It's a deal. Check One it out. One cup of coffee a month. Three bucks. And that's the thing. And you get to read about superheroes. We didn't even get to get into that. Maybe we'll do that after the draft. People don't want to hear okay. it. They want to hear about it now, but they're also like worried – you know, the Bengals are going to go and, and pick. I, I don't know. What would be, last thing, what would be the the pick that made everybody angry the most? Would it be Lamar Jackson in round one? No, I did a poll, and I think 2,500 people voted on it, and Lamar Jackson won 60 to 40. Um, I don't think people would be mad. I think there would be people mad. I don't think the majority would be mad at that. I think it would be something um, – just completely unexpected, right? They take a guy that who or the second rounder, Orlando Brown in the first round. Are you kidding me? I think that would do it. He's Joe Goodberry. Check him out. Yeah, Orlando Brown. That would make you mad in round three. <laughs> it would. The history. We will talk about analytics probably after this draft as we learn about because there's gonna be people they draft that we don't know who they are. Even even me, and we'll watch them and we'll get into the analytics of it. 
But when you test as poorly as you do, it puts you in a category that basically nobody succeeds from. But a guy like Colton Miller, if you look at the guys who test like Colton Miller, half of them become very, very good players. It's like a very good hit rate. That's why Colton Miller goes first round, and his tape is worse than Orlando Brown. You know why? Because now his history is on his side. You're betting against Orlando Brown ever becoming even a starter, even if you're taking him in the sixth or seventh round. He's Joe Goodberry. I will uh, talk to you Friday, man. Enjoy the draft. I'm sure I'll text you between now and then. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on, and I know all of our uh, listeners appreciate it. Thanks for having me, James. That's Joe Goodberry. Good stuff from Joe, and man, it's almost here. Look, I'll be at Dickman's in northern Kentucky. It's not far from downtown Cincinnati. If you're in the area, join us. Look, it's a holiday. You listen to this podcast, why do you listen? Because you're into the Bengals, you love the Bengals, or you you want the Bengals to be better than they are, than they have been. Well, the draft is the magic elixir, the hope. Imagine if they get Mike McGlinchey. Imagine if they get a center that transforms that offense, and I think a really high-end center could do so. Think about it. An athletic center getting out on the edge, screen pass to Joe Mixon, that center pulling, Boom! You guys didn't think I could get excited about offensive line play. I can. I can because it will mean unleashing some of the uh, young guys in this offense, some of the skill players that we talk about so much, that we've talked about so much on this podcast. I'm James Rapine. My mock draft 5.0, the final edition, is up at LockedOnBengals.com. I wanted to take a second and uh, thank each and every one of you during this draft process. Thank you for checking out the links at LockedOnBengals.com. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for tweeting me. Thank you for emailing all of it. Thank you for sharing it with your friends and letting them, let them know about us. Everything, we do this, and, and it's had a lot of success, and Joe comes on weekly, and I know he's appreciative of the athletic launch, and, and when he joined the athletic, when draft season, this offseason started, I know he's having success there as well, so uh, I'll speak for him. Uh, I'll speak for myself for sure. Thank you so much for supporting. I hope to see you at Dickman's tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited for the draft. We will be back at it with reaction on Friday, and uh, that's going to do it. This is it, the final pre-first round Locked on Bengals podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it delivered. By the way, if you're looking for prospect spotlights, my guy Solomon Tentman, on all the guys. By the way, Ragno, he's not as high on Ragno as Joe. He also evaluated Billy Price and James Daniels. All the linemen. Check it out. LockedOnBengals.com. Until next time. Until Friday. I'm James Rapine. Enjoy the draft. I hope to see you tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, 
every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.